Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you're here with us today. I would invite you to follow along and listen to these words from Psalm chapter 108, verses 1 through 5. This is Psalm 108. My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make music with all my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let your glory be over all the earth. We're glad that you're with us today for worship. Our hymn is number 625, Standing on the Promises. If you would, if you're able, please stand and join in singing 625. Thank you. 
invite the children to come down for a lesson on the steps. Well, I need to know something. Did you get any fatter Thursday? Did you gain any weight from all the food you ate? You didn't. You did know it. Well, that's an honest answer. That's an honest answer. Because that's probably what most of us would say today after Thanksgiving. Georgia, let's you go sit. There you go, girl. Okay. All right, I have something to ask you. Do you know what leftovers are? Yes. What are leftovers, Noah? People don't eat. Food that people don't eat. Did your mama have leftovers on Thursday? Like turkey or green beans or sweet potatoes? How about you, Jude? Did, did you have any leftovers on Thanksgiving? Yeah. You did. That, that's good. That's good. We surely didn't have to eat everything that was on our table, did we? Well, I want to read a scripture, and I want you to listen real carefully to it. I'm going to read Psalms 30, verse 12. I will give thanks to thee forever. You are going, when you finish Thanksgiving up, that's the end of Thanksgiving, isn't it? But, but that's not the end of Thanksgiving because what is Thanksgiving really about? Turkey. Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Noah, you're a man after my own heart. Thanksgiving is when we are, remember last week we got corn and we were to be thankful for something. Well, you know what? That never goes away. Thanksgiving for us and our relationship with God never ends. We need to be thankful today, just like we were Thursday. We need to be thankful tomorrow, just like. And then we're going to be thankful that Christmas is coming. But what is Christmas? A holiday. You put up Christmas trees, but why do we have Christmas? That's exactly right. So from now till then, we're going to be not only thankful for things that God gives us, but we're also going to be thankful that our biggest gift, Jesus, is on his way. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for these children. We thank you for the love that abounds in their families and among them for each other. It is a special time for children, Lord, as we anticipate that time, the birth of Jesus. But we don't need to forget that we need to be thankful. Thankful for every day and the things you give us. We are blessed, Lord, and you are the blesser for us. Thank you for the excitement and the joy and the love that's in these children's hearts. You put it there, Lord, and it's special. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Prayer transforms lives. The Lottie Moon International Missions Offering allows us to add financial help to our prayers for our missionaries and their work where God has called them to serve. You will notice in your bulletin 
an insert that contains eight days, Sunday through next Sunday, prayer opportunities specifically tied to missionaries currently on the missions field right now. I'm holding up a missions mosaic, which is also tied to the international mission offering. But in the pew rack, there is an envelope that looks like this, that is international missions. And there was one in your envelope packet for the month of December that looks like this. These are for your use when you have prayed and asked God about what he would want you to uh, give to missions for this year. Uh, of course, this offering was named for Lottie Moon. Uh, she actually gave her life to the Chinese people where she lived and shared with them her own, her own food. She gave away not only the message of Jesus to anyone who came, but she gave away her very own food to people who were in a time of famine. This Sunday, we will have a visual of the missionaries Cody and Carla Ridge, who work with the deaf peoples around the world. We are called to share the gospel, the good news to all people. Cody and Carla tell us about Amida, a deaf woman to whom they signed the message about Jesus. And they led her to faith in Jesus Christ. Then she went to a meeting of deaf women and signed the message of her new faith to them. They reacted harshly. They grew angry with her. They attacked Amita. Uh, but when she shared again with Carla, she said, Jesus is the important one to me and I will continue in my faith. Carla shared with her that Jesus had been beaten before he actually died on the cross and that he willingly did so. Amida signed then that she would stay with her faith throughout her entire lifetime. We can support Cody and Carla's work through our missions offering, through the Lottieman offering. Our local Boiling Springs Baptist Church goal is $10,000, and that includes foreign missions, whether it be through global missions or through Lottie Moon International Missions. Before I pray this morning, um, first of all, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving, and we're glad that you're here today, and we look forward to celebrating our Advent season here as that begins this next Sunday. I want you to be in prayer this morning for, and throughout this week, for Betty Bridges. I visited with her in, her, in the home last night, and she's just not doing well. She's very low, and uh, there's more I could say there, but um, just be in prayer for Betty. And then we have others this week who have learned of recent diagnosis, and uh, we need to be in prayer for them as well. Will you join me now in prayer? God, we thank you for this day. We just, uh, as Ellen said, Lord, we are mindful of the wonderful times we've had this last week with family, with friends. 
But Father, uh, it's not reserved for one day of the year, but Lord, we are giving thanks once again today, and Lord, hopefully each day for your, your many blessings. We thank you for basic provision and for food, for friends, family, that we live in a country where we can uh, be educated and um, have opportunities to grow and further ourselves and our families. Lord, we're thankful most of all for your son, Jesus Christ. He is the reason that we gather today. Lord, every word we say and every word we sing, Father, we pray would bring honor and glory to you. God, as we come together today, we come once again with many different things on our hearts and our minds today. Some may have learned of new health concerns from family as we gathered over the, the holidays. We may be concerned now about some things related to our jobs or uh, thinking about the end of the year and the beginning of another. But Lord, we take all these concerns and, and, and anxieties possibly today and we lay them at your feet. We know in scripture that you tell us to do that. And Father, you also make us the promise that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And Lord, oh, how we are in need of that peace today. Oh, how your world is in need of that peace today. Father, we pray today, that, again, that you would, uh, uh, Lord, move and stir among us in new and fresh ways, through spoken words, through songs. Father, that when we leave here today, we'll say it's good to have been in your house. Father, we do pray for those who are sick and in need of your healing touch at this hour. We do pray for them and help us to be faithful to do so away from uh, this environment and this setting here this morning. But Father, we know of many who need your special touch and we pray for that at this time. For those who need encouragement, Lord, and Father, you know of others who just have different needs. And Lord, we pray today that you would meet each one at the point of their need. God, we love you and we are grateful for how you choose to use us as imperfect and flawed vessels uh, for your, to, the, to advance your kingdom. We're thankful for the missionaries that are on the field. And Lord, we're mindful of them not only today, but throughout this season and throughout the year. Help us as a church to know how we can, uh, or stir us as a church, Lord, to support missionaries, both through our gifts, through our prayers. And Lord, help us to always be open to the question um, that uh, was asked of Isaiah, and whom shall go? And, and when he said, uh, here I am, send me. And help us to be willing to go when called upon. Lord, we love you. And we do ask now that you would continue to speak to us as we worship you this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Our hymn is 569, In Christ Alone. If you are able, please stand and join in singing 569.
Let's bow for a word of prayer. Gracious God, from you comes every good and perfect gift. We give you praise and thanks for all your mercies. Help us to be generous givers, dear Lord, both of our money and our lives that we may make a difference. Thank you for your amazing power and work in our lives, for your goodness and your blessings over us. Thank you for your great love and care, for your sacrifice so we might have freedom in life. Help us to set our eyes and hearts on you. Renew our spirits. Fill us with your joy and peace. In thanksgiving for all you are and for all that you have done, we bring you these gifts and pray they be used for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to 2 Peter. It's not every Sunday that the pastor asks you to turn to 2 Peter, chapter 3. The words will be on the screen. You have a pew Bible there as well, but um, 2 Peter, it's almost near the end of the New Testament. We'll be reading verses 1 through 9. This is now, beloved, the second letter that I am writing to you. In them, I am trying to arouse your sincere intention by reminding you that you should remember the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken through your apostles. First of all, you, first of all, you must understand this, that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and indulging their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming For ever since our ancestors died, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. They deliberately ignore this fact, that by the word of God, heavens existed long ago and on earth was formed out of the water and by means of water, through which the world of that time was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been reserved for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the godless. In verse eight, but do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. May God add his reading, his blessing to the reading and the preaching of his word this morning. As I said earlier, I hope that each of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. As uh, what's what's interesting is that in the same week, this last week, we're we're all somewhat a little bit hypocritical. And that Thursday, we're thanking God for family and basic provisions, and it's just about the simplicity of life and the basic things that we enjoy. And then, bam! Sometimes even at five o'clock on Thanksgiving, as happened in our house uh, or at my dad's this week, we're out to the door to try to catch an early Black Friday sale. You know, pushing and shoving. Of course, that's not not me. I wouldn't do that, and or not you. You you probably wouldn't do that either. But yet, we're a little bit hypocritical in that. It's like we're thanking God for the simple things, and then, bam! We're out the door buying things with money we don't have for people that, that, need, that don't need these things. Um, but the one thing is true. If you were out at all over the last several days, which I'm sure some of you were, uh, you did something that we have talked about and the choir just sang about wonderfully, and that is waiting. Thank you. <laughs> You're trying to remember what you sang, wasn't you? Um, but it's waiting, and uh, you waited in traffic, most likely, if you especially went into a larger city, you, or went anywhere really, uh, you waited uh, in line. And then if you were at a large department store, you most likely waited for some time and if you needed help. Uh, but the waiting nevertheless took place. Some of you uh, before Thanksgiving and still now are waiting to confirm Christmas plans. Most of us in the room lean one to one extreme or the other, and I'll need to ask you, so be ready to respond here in a moment, which one you lean. But we've got some that lean towards, I, I don't know what I'm doing next year for Thanksgiving right now. We need, to, we need to decide that. And then we've got some, I will make a decision tonight about what we're doing tomorrow for Thanksgiving. So how many lean more towards the, let's plan now next year's Thanksgiving? Let me see those hands. 
All right, I do see a few. How many, how, about, how many lean more towards the, it's the night before, so let's call the family and see what we're doing for Thanksgiving. All right, I see more of those hands. All right, I see a few smiles and elbows being uh, uh, jostled out there. But when it comes to waiting, I don't know if you've heard of the conversation before of the, of the child and God when it comes to waiting, and it goes a little bit like this. The child's asking God, how long is a million years to you? And God says, it is but a second. And then the child asks, well, how much money is a million dollars to you? And God responds, it is but a penny. So the child is very wise and asks God for a penny. And God responds, it'll be, come on, just a second. That's right. It'll be just a second. But when it comes to waiting, the official beginning of the Advent season begins next Sunday. And this is why we are doing the Hanging of the Greens next Sunday and not this evening. Today, we gather post-Thanksgiving, but we're not singing Christmas songs just yet. We're in this in-between Sunday, if you will. This morning and in our day-to-day language, we use the term between or in-between to speak of many things. Um, A common expression could be, I am between jobs. We hear that often as part of our vernacular. Or someone seeking to grow out their hair could say, I dread that awful in-between phase of having not short hair, but not long hair, and I don't want my hair to be this way, and so that could be some of you. And we often enjoy, as I do, eating snacks between meals, amen? But when it comes to living in the in-between, we're all there now in some way. We're all in the midst of an in-between. Not only are we in between Thanksgiving ending and Advent beginning next Sunday, but we have many other in-betweens. For the children and youth that are in the room this morning, there many are in between the kindergarten year and high school graduation. Some could be here this morning between uh, dating and marriage. We've got some that might fit in that category. For young parents, you have some little ones this morning in between that wonderful stage of diapers and big boy pants. I always like to, uh, anyway, uh, I'll move on. In in a sense, in a sense, we're always in this, in the midst of this in between. Something has taken place and yet something will be taking place, but it has not taken place yet. And so we are here in the middle. And what do we do when we're in the middle? What do we, how do we respond to life and to the things that we are faced with as we are in the middle. When it comes to preparing our hearts and our lives for the birth of our savior, the church has a name for this period. Again, it's called Advent and it means coming. Next Sunday, like I said, is the first Sunday of Advent, a season in which we wait uh, for Jesus's coming in the manger, but we also as, uh, as people of God anticipate that second Advent as well. And for the month of December, we do a lot of looking forward and looking back. We look back as we think about the birth of our Savior and we look forward to the coming and to this expectation of, of, the, of the Messiah in his second coming. And this is where we find ourselves today, in between. What I find interesting is it seems that after 2,000 years and counting of waiting for the end to come, it's hard to strum up much expectation Joan Brown says, we go about our lives as if nothing is happening, expecting nothing and no one. I grew up in a church where I heard numerous sermons about the end of times and how when Jesus would come back and a lot of the times it was from different passages and depending on the pastor and the preacher of the night or the morning, we, it, was, it was happening in different ways. And so as a kid, I grew up confused about how, how all of this is gonna play out. 
because I would hear some different messages and different convictions and beliefs about that. And the conclusion that I've come to is that I inherently know that something bigger is at work. There is some truth probably with, with each of them and some things that were shared, but yet we step back and look at the bigger picture and we know that God is at work. We know that he has been at work with the, the sending in the miraculous way that he did of his, of his son to be born on this earth. And as we think about and read and study the scriptures that speak of his second coming as well, we know that we are part of something that's taking place in the middle, in this in-between period. And so what are, we, what are we to do while we wait for these things? What are we to do while we wait for his return? This waiting we find ourselves in has purpose. Most of us, if we're honest, probably don't like waiting. We get a little impatient. And hopefully you weren't some of the ones, you know, pushing and shoving and pulling gifts over, over uh, Black Friday. But nevertheless, our waiting sometimes can be filled with purpose. And then we sometimes feel like this was just wasted time. This was, I just, I could have been doing something more constructive. And, and my wife knows that I'm a lot like that. Um, whether I'm waiting in line, whether I'm, I always, I try to have a book or have something with me so that even if I'm sitting in the car or if I'm waiting on her, I can be reading something. I could be returning a phone call, sending a text, just doing something. So my time is not wasted. None of us like useless uh, waiting time where we feel like nothing is accomplished. At least I don't. And I would say that a nap could even fit in the purposeless waiting time because sometimes you need a nap. And so it may be that while you're waiting on someone, just put the chair back, you know, in the car while you're waiting on someone and just and take, cause that, that, that can serve a great purpose. But the opposite of, pers- of purposeful and significant waiting, it, there's, there's a, a great theologian by the name of Dr. Seuss. I've refer- referenced him before. He, he wrote a book called, Oh, the Places You'll Go. And he talks about how waiting is the most useless place. He says, for people just waiting, waiting for a train to go or a bus to come or a plane to go or the mail to come or the rain to go, the phone to ring or the snow to snow or waiting around for a yes or no or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting, waiting for the fish to bite or waiting for the wind to fly a kite or waiting around for Friday night or waiting perhaps for their uncle Jake or a pot to boil or a better break, a string of pearls or a pair of pants or a wig with curls or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. I would challenge you that our waiting for Jesus is not a useless or purposeless waiting, but it has value and it has significance. The question this morning is how are we waiting while we find ourselves living in the in-between, in between Christ's first advent and his second? How are we to live? What are we to be about? Today's text offers us a perspective that while it will not remove our waiting, it may affect the character of our waiting. He is writing to churches in Asia Minor, modern day Turkey, writing to address and refute false teaching. Most likely he was writing to many who fell in the trap of what we have heard and those of you who have been in Bible study for years, we refer to as Gnosticism. It's this idea that the spirit is good but everything of matter, even including our bodies, is evil. And so therefore, it doesn't matter what we do with our bodies or what we do with uh, other things because it's only our spirits that, that matter. And so Peter is writing and refuting this and um, he is uh, writing to people who have interpreted scripture to suit themselves. And I think that certainly sounds familiar even today as well. Whether it's the apostle, whether it's the people in Asia Minor awaiting the return of Christ are you and I today, we are given certain instructions. We are given certain counsel 
about how we are to live in the in-between, between Christ, again, first advent and second. And the first instruction we are given is while living in the in-between, we are to remember and to repeat the things we were taught at first. We were to remember and to repeat the things we were taught at first. And Peter reminds them of that. In 2 Peter chapter 3, he says, this is now, beloved, the second letter that I'm writing to you. In my studies this week, we know that most likely this would not have been 1 Peter, although we could quickly draw that conclusion. But for different reasons, uh, there was probably most likely a lost letter that he's referring to here. This is, um, this is now, beloved, the second letter that I'm writing to you. So nevertheless, he's repeating some instructions that he had given them once before. In which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by the apostles. Why is it, church, that since the beginning of time, you and I have to be told the same things over and over again? We see that and we think, oh, well, Peter told them this before. They should listen and they should, you know, but we know that doesn't happen. We see in Corinthians as well that he wrote them not only two, but multiple letters as well. Is because sometimes not only uh, just as people, I would say the church of God, but as people, we simply must be told the same things. For those of you that are married or in a serious relationship, you know how this goes, right? I think, uh, you know, be careful and don't look or give any uh, elbow jabs here. But we know we have to be told the same thing over and over again. It happens in my house a lot. Renee says, I told you this. And I'm like, I, 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 I really don't remember hearing that. Um, and I'm sure that uh, my house is not the only one where that happens as well. But the value and the significance of repeating important things over and over again. It's just like with our Bible stories that many of you have learned since uh, a young age that are in the room. Those of you that have grown up in the church. Uh, there's a value in repeating these things because each time we learn them, we go through the words again, we t- retell the story again, we gain something new from it being taught and from hearing it once again that we may didn't, may, maybe we didn't get the first time that the story came, came around. The value of repetition cannot be overstated. The New Testament makes it clear over and over again that preaching and teaching are not so much the introduction of new truth but the reminding of a man of what he already, or a person of what he or she already knows. How often are we in this position? As we live, we trust and follow God in the in-between, we are not so much in a position to be taught new information, but to remember or to be reminded of what we already know. Scripture does this. Sometimes a teacher or a preacher or a class, a discussion or a friend, whatever it may be, we're reminded to be about and practice the things that we learned at first. When living in the in-between, there's value in remembering and repeating. Are you doing this now amid your in-between? And the second thing Peter reminds us of is that when living in the in-between, we see the importance of looking at the big picture of Scripture. And and living in the in-between, we need to look at the big picture of Scripture. We see here in verse 2 where he says, Uh, the words that were spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. So we see here the prophets who foretold Christ, we learn of Christ himself, and then we read and learn from the apostles who brought the good news of Christ. In living, when living in the in-between, we are reminded of the importance of looking to Christ amid the unknown and amid the what's next. How, how easy it was for the people here of Second Peter and for us today to 
lose sight of the big picture of what God is doing in us and through us and in our world today. We see this throughout the Old Testament with the people of Israel. Uh, They are the perfect example of how to live in the midst of the in-between. Moses was called upon by God to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt and to the promised land. And we know that there was a lot of in-between time there, at least 40 years, we, we know of more as well, where they wandered and where they were in the desert and when they were on the brink of the Jordan River getting ready to go into the promised land, they know a little bit about what it's like to live for God and at times to miss uh, the commandments of, of living in that in-between. And of course, they paid the price uh, for that. But the people of God in the Old Testament, also the people of God here in our text today, and you and I here today as, as well, are called to pursue God and to remain faithful to God in the midst of the in-between. And last, here in 2 Peter chapter 3, while living in the in-between, let us not forget that God is faithful in keeping his promises. In verse eight, we read these words. Do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. Second Peter here, the author of Second Peter is pulling from Psalm 90 verse four. If you recognize that verse is coming from a Psalm from the Old Testament, you are correct. But we have it, uh, we read it there in Psalm 90 verse four. Also, for those who think that God is not acting on his promises, back earlier in chapter three of Second Peter, it says, and uh, saying, where is the promise of his coming? Uh, for ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. In a few verses down, that's verse four, in a few verses down in verse nine, uh, Peter says, the Lord is not slow, or that word is also translated hesitant, about keeping his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, is patient towards you. God is not hesitant, if we wanna put that word in there, God is not hesitant in bringing about his promises or fulfilling his promises. And he reminds us in verse eight as well that we are all on God's timetable. For those earlier back up in verse three who are mocking uh, these who are speaking of Christ coming and saying everything is going on just like it always has. Where is this Messiah? Where is this Christ that you speak of? And then he reminds them that God's timetable is a lot different than our timetable. Scripture teaches us that it is in God's mercy that he is allowing more time for others to repent and to return to him. The end of verse nine says, but Uh, But God is patient towards you and not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Over the last few weeks, as we've talked about missions and God's desire for us to not only support, to pray and, and be educated about missions, but at times to go, to be willing to go on the mission field, we've been reminded of several scriptures. And one of those scriptures was found in 2 Timothy 2, 4. Paul reminds his readers that God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. So as we wait and as we live our lives in the in-between, let's repeat and remember the promises of God that we have learned. Let us keep the big picture of what God is doing in us and in others and in in the world at the forefronts of our minds. And let us not forget that God is not hesitant or slow, as the scripture says, in keeping his promises. We began the sermon, we began the service today with a great hymn. And I was watching many of your faces as we stood and sang that hymn. And many of you, I felt, were claiming 
those promises. And that song meant something to you as you were standing and singing, standing on the promises of Christ my Lord. Through eternal ages, I can see it in your face. There's something about the day and age in which we live. We feel like we're living in the in-between. And church, we need to claim and trust in the promises of God. Things may not be fulfilled in the timeline that we would hope that they would, but yet God is working. He's working in you, he's working in me, and he's working in his church. He's working in his people. And may this Thanksgiving, as we move and transition this in-between time between Thanksgiving into the Advent season, may you and I claim the promises of God that we learned many years ago. May we repeat those. May we call to our memory those promises that are found within his word and know that God is at work. Many promises have been fulfilled and we will learn that as we move into the Advent season, as we learn more and grow more as we celebrate Christ's birth and his, his advent, his coming. But as we look to his second coming as well, let us not fall into the trap where these here are in Second Peter chapter three about things have been going on just as they were since the beginning of time. God is at work. His timetable is not our timetable, but he is at work. So as we conclude the sermon this morning, let me ask you, if that time were to come soon, if it were to come today or come this week, would you be ready for that second advent, for that second coming of Christ? Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word. We're thankful, Lord, that when we read it, uh, it's, it's living and it's active. It's not like other words that we read in famous books, but Father, there's something that is life-giving about these words. And Father, not only life-giving, but uh, part of that is realizing, Father, that who you are and who we are. You are God, you are holy. You are just, you are above all gods. And Father, we realize our own imperfections and our own flaws as well when we begin to think about and compare our life with yours. And Father, we're grateful that you did send your son, Jesus Christ, into the world to save sinners. And Father, it's not just a message for a certain group of people, but it's a message for all people in all times. Lord, uh, move among us and stir us this season as we move into Advent, as we await your, not only your coming and celebrate that coming of the Christ in the manger, but Lord, we know that that Christ in the manger lived and died and rose again so that we can have life and that we can have not only purpose in this life, but hope for eternity. And Lord, we're grateful for that today. Lord, help us as we seek to live for you in the midst of the in-between. Help us to put our faith and trust in your promises that we know to be true. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and been visiting with us or would like to talk about church membership, I would welcome that conversation with you during our hymn of commitment. If you're here today and would like to make a decision to trust Christ, to renew your relationship with Christ, I urge you and, and implore you to come and uh, would love to talk with you about that. Let's stand and sing together hymn number, oh, there it is, 509. So let's stand and sing hymn number 509, Trust and Obey. <laughs>